0: All right, are you ready to record?
1: I think I am. You think so? I don't know, but might as well. All right. Let's get this done.
0: Well, welcome to another episode of We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. I am your host, Paige Whalen, and my co-host is...
1: Matthew Hutchins. Hello, Matthew. How y'all doing tonight?
0: Welcome to the podcast. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Wanna Fam. So, what this podcast is for is for mental health awareness. And if you're having suicidal thoughts or a plan or know someone who is going through something, stop listening. You're more important. Call 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME to 741-741. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They provide 24-7 support to people in crisis situations. And Matthew, what are some myths about calling this lifeline?
1: You know, one of the things I think people get scared of sometimes is that they might have not too long afterwards a cop or an ambulance at their door. And you know, you don't need to fear about you know, having any fear about that. Call, talk. It's the best thing you can do.
0: It's really true.
1: Yeah, you know, because remember that you're not alone
0: because we, we are no Alamo. Alamo. And now we are going to start. So, what, what? this episode, honestly, is Matthew's episode, because you're going through a lot right now.
1: Oh well, maybe, yeah. yeah. to me.
0: Okay, so, why don't you tell me about your first experience with depression?
1: Oh, so my first experience with depression, I guess I would say, I was, I mean, looking back in hindsight and knowing what I know today, I can go back and say I was probably like 13 or 14. Um. Uh, that was my first experience, you know, wanting to die, not wanting to wake up, not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to do what I had to do, uh, but still was pushing through it, I guess you could say. I don't really know the right term, but just wondering why I always felt alone.
0: Right.
1: You know, um, that was my first experience. I think I was like, hmm, I don't even know. I think I might have been like 13 or 14. Yeah, so... Um, what
0: was it like... Feeling those emotions as a teenager,
1: you know, it was really difficult, especially like where I was. I don't. There's one night specifically I remember growing up when um. I don't. I don't know what caused it anymore. It was. I mean, this was twenty five years ago, at least around. Um, Do you
0: mind sharing your
1: age? Yeah, I'm thirty eight. Okay. So it was. I was like, yeah. So like twenty five years ago, twenty four years ago, in that time frame. And I remember it was like one in the morning or something. And I was not able to fall asleep, and I was feeling miserable. I remember walking downstairs, and you know, I'm a history buff and always obsessed with like different kinds of history. And I was like, you no know, shit, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. And so, let's talk
0: about your library real quick.
1: No, let's not. Let's All right, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> And so he has and you, a lot of
0: books on existentialism. I Let's just think about that. A lot. <laughs>
1: that was my second major in thinking college. about
0: life.
1: Yeah. I, I love thinking. Uh, but anyway, so at this point in time, I, we were walking downstairs, going to the kitchen and grabbing my fillet knife and thinking about committing Harry Carey, you know, like I thought about it. I didn't do it. Um, just sat there on the floor thinking about it for a long time. And then I just went back upstairs and went to bed. Um, And the reason why I didn't probably is because I thought my mom and dad coming downstairs and finding me. Right. You know, and that that definitely put a damper on things. So, um, that was probably my very first experience with severe depression, I would
0: say. Where suicidal ideation came into effect. Yep. Okay, so how did you start to find help? How did you seek help?
1: Oh, so... What was
0: your first introduction
1: like i should say a lot of people but like a bunch of us um i got into a lot of trouble what Uh, do you mean us a lot of people who have come into contact with the law because of things that you were doing because of your mental illness or mi
0: Mm
1: -hmm. as we like to call it here um so
0: just to um clarify in therapy we call committing suicide completing suicide because it's not a crime. It's part of mental health. We call mental illness MI to decrease the stigma attached mm-hmm. to mental illness. And we call suicide attempts attempts. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're coming yeah. from. Yeah.
1: So that we do this because you know some people might necessarily get triggered, other people it can be um it can make them feel guilty or bad. So we're trying to erase some of the stigma behind some of these words. We're making up our own terminology, and it works for us. Um, yes, if you have any feedback on better. that, if you have any feedback on that, please comment or share. We'd love to get your opinion on this. We really would. Yeah, I mean, because one of the things we talked about previously, I'm de- I'm, I am definitely going away from the subject we're supposed to be talking about. But real quick, you know, we've talked about that. Like, you know, I have learning disabilities. Those are actually in the DSM access to, and they are mental illnesses. So. Yeah. It's really all the same thing. It really is. And, but yet, we choose to call learning disabilities that versus other things, mental illness. That's why we're changing it all to MI within what we're talking about here.
0: It's like retardation or right. being retarded, yeah. you know? That's just a
1: horrible thing to say to someone. It
0: really is. especially it's so like You have mental illness, so you are sick and you cannot be fixed. Yep. There's nothing that we can do to you yep. for you to help you. But no, that's incorrect. Which incri- is not That's true. a myth. So how did you seek help?
1: So, yeah, so I got in some trouble. Um, My life was spiraling out of control for a very long time. Um, And when I hit my bottom, uh, when I lost everything that the time frame mattered to me, um, that's when I chose to get up and, you know, actually go for help. I mean, some of it was quarter pointed. I have to be blunt. You know, I, I did have to do some of it. Um, but all is what I wanted to do. Um, I did a lot of extra things because I woke up and I knew that everything had to come to an end and like people you had to sh-
0: make a choice.
1: I had to make a choice either. I'm um, like, for your
0: life, you're dead or alive. I'm
1: either going to live or I'm going to die. And I chose life. And so, um, I went into an mm-hmm. intensive outpatient, um, for about six months. Um, I started seeing a clinical psychologist weekly for about three months, then bi-weekly for about five years after that. Five, actually, I think like six years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helped me understand and learn a lot about myself and why I was behaving the way I was. Because How were
0: you behaving?
1: So I had a lot of different behaviors. Um, you know, my depression came in multiple different forms. Anger, rage, um, isolation. Mixed with outbursts of, I don't remember. So.
0: And we've talked about this before yeah. on the previous podcast with Ashley, when we talked about, um, how your brain protects yourself yep. from, um, traumatic experiences. It can not, yeah.
1: not as many, some people are less lucky than others. I mean, I shouldn't say lucky. Cause I mean, sometimes it's better to forget, um, and not remember, um, I didn't have too many of those times, unfortunately. And
0: sometimes we want to forget what we don't remember. Exactly. Right?
1: So it's one of those. It's a catch-22. It's a catch-22. Your
0: brain knows what in the button needs.
1: And our memory deceives us. So uh, through the course of years of therapy, and my IOP, mine personally, I, I wasn't the one I should have been in. I should have been in a different one.
0: It was um, your first time, though. I mean, it's yeah, but you it's know, it's just I, like finding a therapist. You go and you go you know, and you pick, and, and I
1: got blessed with a the great therapist up front. Like that's true. Um, the person I saw for pretty much six years or so, um, he was an amazing clinical psychologist. Um, he has a PhD. I, I highly recommend PsyD's. Um, what is that? Um, it's a it's a PhD in clinical psychology.
0: Why would you? Uh, refer
1: them because they have more um, clinical tr- they do more clinicals
0: okay.
1: um, so like my therapist while in grad school for five years he did clinicals every year for 20 30 hours a week actually seeing patients learning theory and practicing it and so I think that and then they also do a one-year practical um, and nothing about any, guess anybody else not talking bad about you know master's not- degrees I am not...
0: Medical no, experts.
1: But I really wanted someone who had lots of experience, who had lots of supervision, and right. actually had specific therapies that he worked with. Um, right. Because that was important to me, because there's things I didn't really want to be a part of. Like um,
0: theory versus actual reality. Well,
1: and I'm okay with theory. I'm a theory guy. I mean, I had a history and philosophy degree. Yeah. Uh, I'm a theory guy.
0: Holla. Yeah.
1: So I needed that more so than just... Yeah tools to stop me from saying something. I needed to understand why. Um, And so I picked somebody who did person-centered therapy. Was this
0: the emotionally focused therapy?
1: Well, some of it was, but he was person-centered mostly. Um, I saw an emotional focused, uh, an EFT therapist later on um but the so your
0: first one was a person-centered yep, was, therapy Yep. what is that pct
1: so uh, i did print out definitions so i'll read you what i have here from wikipedia which we can't always trust it but it is what it is hey,
0: uh, i love wiki per,
1: i do too but it's never always wiki info. so uh, person-centered okay. therapy also known as person-centered psychotherapy um it's person-centered counseling client-centered therapy and uh What's that word?
0: Rogerian yeah. psychotherapy
1: is a form of psychotherapy like developed <laughs> by psycho- by psychologist Carl Rogers beginning in the 1940s and extends into the 80s. All right,
0: so that's history. So what was yeah. your experience? <laughs>
1: so it was much more retrospective. Like it was much more about me trying to understand what was giving me the feelings that I was getting and how you I processed the them. Yeah, like why did I get feelings of
0: rage? You
1: know, And
0: we talked about functions yep. of emotions in a previous podcast. So please go yep. listen to that because please. sometimes you can't put words on emotions nope. other than I am
1: But therapy helps you with that. I will say from personal experience, I'm not saying everyone needs a therapist or anything like that. But um, talking to my therapist and expressing what I was internalizing in different ways helped me understand the different emotions. Because I grew up in a family where emotions weren't shared. So it wasn't like I knew, I mean, I knew what anger was. I knew what hate was.
0: No you knew alcoholism was. Yeah, exactly. Scotch-Irish everyone. Yeah. Hi. But hey. I
1: didn't quite know why I felt sad or the, what was actually causing those feelings.
0: You couldn't put words on your emotions no. because that's how you grew up. Yep.
1: Like, and so, like, I remember when my world crumbled, going to my mom and being like, Hey, mom, I, I, I don't know what to do. And just started bawling. And gave the top of my shoulder, being like, "Men don't cry." Yeah, you know. And so I never had a, a safe place to express, your express. Yeah, thank you.
0: Or cry.
1: Ever, I wasn't allowed in my household. Um
0: All of depression people,
1: mm-hmm. and you're so,
0: allowed to cry. Yeah, I, I'm it's, a crier. It's I'm a really ask, not ask
1: her. I'm a crier. Uh, but...
0: I won't re lay any information
1: well i like to cry (laughs) i'm good at it now i can actually let it go without feeling like um it's actually
0: beautiful so if anyone is dating someone who has walls up just go ahead and break them down shed a tear or two because it makes her a really solid pot. I mean, relationship.
1: <laughs> Please don't do that. Anyway. All
0: right. So, since we're talking about mental status. Yeah. So, for not person centered therapy, but this is emotionally
1: focused therapy. Yep. It's like my favorite, personally speaking. Okay, so
0: why is it your favorite?
1: Because it teaches you how to really focus on your emotions and understand what's causing them and why you're feeling what you're feeling. It allows them to, allows you, at least allows me to let them pass over me and through me so they don't. I don't sit and ruminate. I'm not sitting in that space where I would sit for months before. Um, so it's taught me better coping skills by understanding what's going through me.
0: Which is a huge deal in therapy. Coping ahead. Yep. This is something that has a huge learning curve.
1: It takes my lifetimes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: 38 and I started doing this at 25.
0: And sometimes people view these things as manipulation. Mm -hmm. But no, it is seriously a therapy-defined outline and it works. Very well. And it's helped. In my opinion. Yeah. All of them work. Yeah, it's... But like built our relationships mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: yeah no i mean I, I i feel that if it wasn't for person-centered th- being with a the therapist i was I've i've had for years or i had for years
0: or intensive outpatient
1: i mean the outpatient didn't do i mean like for me personally for other people it's fantastic okay, well
0: that's a good point because iop worked for me and you had to figure out what worked for yep. you
1: and it's different for everybody. And for me, it was having a person who I can literally bare my soul to um, because I never felt comfortable, even in relationships, really truly telling someone what was going on inside.
0: No uh, shit. But I, could, but I could <laughs> go to my
1: therapist and I can lay on the table and I could get some help because there's just, especially when you're in the midst of a lot of things, like it can take time, a lot of time. And, and so, it should. It, I would say it
0: Because understanding better. your mental
1: Lifelong process Yes It's not going to happen tomorrow And It's not Just software. like what like, I mean I guess we're, we're really leading to what we're talking about Like what we were wanting to talk about So
0: So So this is a mental status diary card update Yep These Paige wanted me to
1: do this this morning Because I've been going through some hard times Yes Like pretty bad
0: and Um, explain why we're doing this for this podcast real quick
1: yeah because you know january is about joy it's the last day of january and i want to be happy joyous and free again and i caught myself slipping into a very bad uh dark place again and i that's the last thing i want to be Mm -hmm. and so i've felt it every morning for the past couple weeks Um, i felt it too yeah i mean it's kind of hard not to i mean. I'm usually very. I always smile, so it's really hard to tell if I'm sad or not. Because I'm always a happy, go lucky person for the because most part. Because you
0: work with people all day long.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: but you put up a friend. and you're an introvert, so that yep. definitely takes coins out of your jar when nope. you come home.
1: I love public speaking. I love being around people, but I really love my alone time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but no, so the past month or two, well, actually, it's a month, but since the new year, um, I go to work, and every day I get to work, and honestly, I just want to go home. Um, I'm feeling the sense of dread, feeling that, you know, I'd rather stick a knife in my gut, making up excuses to go home. haven't yet, but like for the first two hours I'm at work, I'm in a place where I'm literally paralyzed.
0: And you know how I know that that is part of your depression? Because your managers are giving you uplifting statements. You are number yep. to, you've done this much. We are so proud of you. Yep. So, intro to mental status diary card. Yep. So, what this is, everybody who can't see, okay. is um, number one. We are looking at target behaviors. So, your target behavior to address is depression.
1: The feeling of dread in the mornings, to me personally, I mean I got that.
0: That. Okay, so that can be a target one. Yep. So, number two.
1: Be just depression, trying to just be more. Yes, happy, joyous, and free.
0: So my friends in AA will say, "Let's see from zero, which is poor, to ten is good." Um, hopeless thoughts. You are in the medium. Yeah. What makes you feel hopeless?
1: I don't know. It's not something that I can actually tangibly express. Sometimes,
0: and I really want everyone to know who's listening to this podcast that. That is how depression works. Because... For me. You don't know why you're feeling hopeless. So, next. You have... Never self-injured. Never. And... But you're experiencing a lot of guilt and anxiety and irritability, Mm -hmm. anger... Yep. And mood changes. Yep. Um, Also, with your sleep, you have... Difficulty getting to sleep. You're averaging five hours a night. Early waking, frequent waking, restlessness. Yep. And <laughs>
1: none of these are good signs, Sel. So. No. None.
0: Um. Are not, not prescribed medications. Nope. Um. Thoughts of injuring others. This is a big one. You're in the middle. Hmm. So let's talk about that because if when you guys listen to this podcast, what this means is not you want to murder somebody. It's kind of analogous just to, I kind
1: of want to choke the shit out of somebody when yeah, I get angry.
0: Like road oh. rage. Yeah. Or something like that. Like it's an anger management.
1: Well, instead of talking to somebody, sometimes I just... I haven't done this in mm-hmm. a long, long time. But ever Yeah. It's just shut up. Anger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, mood changes I've definitely noticed. Since you've been feeling depressed. Uh
1: Uh-huh. My mood's definitely taking the 180s every fucking 10 minutes.
0: So, for the skills, like, Mm -hmm. we've been recording this podcast for, what, like, eight months? Yeah. Nine months almost? Um, What kind of skills for mindfulness have you used to try to address these?
1: I really didn't do anything until recently. Until the past couple days when I realized I was at a point where I really truly needed to. Um, What triggered that? I realized I was being a jerk for no reason. And like you called me on it. Because um, you you're
0: being a jerk to me. I
1: was. But on top of that, like I also knew that going into work every day and wanting not to be there when I actually liked my job. I liked my coworkers. Like these are all big red flags. Um, and so that's what triggered it for me. That's why I was like, you know, I got to do something. I don't know what it is yet. Um, you know, I might go back to my therapist here in Austin. You uh, will. Yep. I got to make sure which one. I okay,
0: know you've I've reached
1: a, out to some yep. We've looked at ha- options Well, I have two that I've seen before yeah. and I like both of them It's just deciding which one with my insurance And stuff will work the best um, But then also it's always
0: something you should check Before you even contact a psychiatrist or a therapist Yes Because you don't want to waste time When unless, you're in a depressive mood
1: Unless you have a good one Like my la- my first one who took um, cash payments And at less than And he was a good person And so yeah. Oh. And also
0: they have counseling and therapy services with sliding scale. Yep. So you can always, yep. always find somebody.
1: Always. I mean there's tons of different resources. There's so many um there's so many resources Like Also,
0: shout out to Clearwater Psychiatry. They are a new psychiatric slash um, nurse practitioner office whom I see and they have helped me beyond anything I could have ever imagined and every time I call them it's like family and my hope for you guys listening is that if you are feeling this way there is hope and there is help
1: oh there's so much hope out there Mm -hmm. and that's the thing like so for me it was really just noticing these patterns I slipped back down
0: right so let's talk about the mindfulness skills that Mm -hmm. you've used um, while you're slipping down,
1: so for me personally, um, I've done something different than a lot of the stuff that Paige and I have had very different experiences in therapy. So I sit in them a lot more. Um, I get much more introspective. Mm-hmm. I don't, so it's
0: mindfulness of current emotion, kind Definitely. of
1: Like on this on this skills check, uh, checklist, let's just let's be on like it's DBT.
0: We'll. Put up a picture on Facebook. Yeah, I've never
1: done DBT before, so some of the stuff on there is different for me. You've
0: done the other two. I've I've done done, done other
1: things. I mean, there's a few others as well, but like for me, it's always been trying to figure out what's going on. Like, why is it that when I get up in the morning, I get to work, not when I'm on the drive to work, but I sit down at my desk, I look at my computer, I feel a sense of dread, and I just don't feel good enough? You know, what's causing these feelings, these fears? And so that's what I've been really looking at and knowing that I've slipped away from things that, that make me feel better. Um, and so getting back on my horse, getting back to trying to be around pe- a few more people more often, not isolating as much. Um,
0: I'm so glad you said isolation because yeah. that non-isolation, coming to your good friends who support you, like we like to call them your skillful friends mm-hmm. who support you no matter what, that is what this is all about and Matthew honestly thank you so much for opening up I know it was very hard for you
1: thank you no, it's not I mean like honestly it's not that hard anymore to talk about um, 10 years ago it would have been but now it's you know I'm where I'm at and I know what I'm going through and I know I can feel better again and it's just by doing the things I've always done which is for me you know trying to have more time talk to my friends more be around people more uh,
0: self-soothe
1: self-soothe um, I had slipped off of my running game for a while I know keeping back on track with that my exercise really definitely helps me in every way shape and form mm-hmm. um, it's always been my antidepressant has been exercise and without it I have always lose my baseline so it's a very important thing for me overall and that's my skills also on top of trying to understand what's going on overall
0: no, you know, and you've been so good lately at running. I'm very, Trying. very proud of you. Trying. So what do you want to leave the audience with? Oh, I know. Remember?
1: We are not alone.
0: You are not alone because... We are,
1: we are no alamo,
0: And we will be here with you next Friday. Thanks for listening.
1: We love you all. Have a great night and a fantastic weekend.
0: We love you. Ciao for now. Bye-bye. Say something cool.
1: Just remember, you'll never be alone.
0: That was cool enough. Bye!